0: I'm only going to do this for four years. And they said, what? I said, yeah, that's it. Is. But it turned out to be a lot longer than that because all the success we had. But eventually, I just, I just extracted myself from it. And I said, I'm going to go. And I have so many years left in my life. So after having all that success in the mobile computing space, I started a neuroscience institute. This is at the recommendation of some neuroscience friends of mine. So they helped me do that. And I ran that for three years. And now I've been running sort of a private lab, just doing pure neuroscience for the last 17 years.
1: That's that's Numenta, right?
0: That's that's Numenta. Yeah, mm. and 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 uh, we've made some really significant progress in our in our goals, and the book uh, documents some of the recent really significant uh, discoveries we've made.
1: So, am I right in thinking that you made enough money at Palm and Handspring that you could self fund your first neuroscience institute, or did you, or is that not the case? Did you have to go raise it, money? It was
0: it, well, it was a bit above. It was. Certainly, I was a major contributor. I wasn't the only one, but I didn't want the funding to be the driver of what we did and how we spent all our time. So at the Institute, we had, uh, we had collaborations with both Berkeley and Stanford. We didn't get funds from them, but we did uh, work with them on various things. And then we had, but it was, that was mostly funded by myself. Numenta is uh, still, I'm a major contributor to it, but there are other people who've invested in Numenta. And, uh, we have one outside venture capitalist. But and uh, several people, but I'm still a, a major contributor to it. I don't, I just view that as a, a sort of a necessary thing to get onto the science and not have to worry about it. Yeah. Because when I was at Berkeley, what I was told over and over again, and I, I really came to understand this. In fact, uh, I I went and eventually, I, after that, when I was running the, uh, the Redwood Neuroscience Institute, I went to Washington to talk about, to the National Science Foundation and the National Institute of Health and also to uh, DARPA, who were the funders of neuroscience. And everyone thought what we were doing, which is sort of big theory, uh, large-scale theories of you neocortical know, function, that this was like the most important problem to work on. But everyone said they can't fund it for various reasons. And, and so uh, over the years, I've come to appreciate there's it's very difficult to, to be a scientist doing what we do uh, with traditional funding sources. But that, we, don't work out, we don't work outside of science. We, you know, we partner with labs and we go to conferences and we publish papers. We do all the regular stuff.
1: Right, right. Yeah, it's amazing how much comes down to funding or lack of funding and, and the incentives that would dictate whether something gets funded in the first place. It's really, um, it's by no means a perfect system. This is a, it's a kind of an intellectual market failure.
0: Yeah, it's, it is fascinating. And we could have a whole conversation about that sometimes, perhaps, because I ask myself, why is it so hard? What, why do people can't fund this? And there's reasons for it. And it's a complex, strange thing when people were telling me this is the most important thing anyone could be working on and we think your approaches are great but we can't fund that and mm. you know why is that you know but it's it's you know i i just accepted the way it was i said okay this is the world i'm living in i'm going to get one chance here if i can't do this through like you know being um, you know working my way as a graduate student to getting a position at the university how am i going to do it and i said okay it's not what i thought but this is what's going to be
1: mm. nice well um Let's jump into the the neuroscience side of it. Generally speaking, we're going to be talking about intelligence and uh, how it's accomplished in physical systems. So let's let's start with a a definition, however loose. What is intelligence in your view?
0: So I didn't know and didn't have any pre ideas about what this would be. It was a mystery to me. And but we've learned what. A good portion of your brain is doing. And so we started the neocortex, which is about 70% of the volume of a human brain. And I now know what that does. And so I'm going to take that as my definition for intelligence here. What's going on in your neocortex is it's learning a model of the world, an internal recreation of all the things in the world that you know of. And how it does that's the key in what we've discovered. But it's this internal model. And intelligence is requires having an internal model of the world in your head. And it allows you to recognize where you are. It allows you to act on things. It allows you to plan and think about the future. So if I'm going to say, what, what happens when I do this? The model tells you that. So to me, intelligence is just about having a model in your head and using that for planning and action. It's not about doing anything particular. It's about understanding the world.
1: Yeah, that's interesting. I think most people would, that's kind of an, an internal definition of intelligence, but I think most people would reach for a, an external one or a, you know, a, kind of a, a functional one that has to take in the environment. I mean, something about being able to flexibly meet your goals under a range of conditions, you know, more flexibly than rigidly. I guess there's their, you know, rigid forms of intelligence. But when we're talking about anything like general intelligence, we're talking about something that is that is not merely hardwired and reflexive, but flexible. Well, yes, but if, you, yeah. but
0: if you have an internal model of the world, you had to learn it. I mean, at least from a human point of view, there's some things we have built in when we're born, hmm. but the vast majority of what you and I know, Sam, is, is learned. You know, we didn't know what a computer was when you're born. You don't know what a coffee cup is. You don't know what, you know, a building is. You don't know what doors are. You don't know what computer codes are. None of this stuff.